there, and thanks for joining me uh, for the Psychology Report podcast uh, today. Dealing with difficult people. That's my topic. You know, we all in our relationships deal with people of all stripes and backgrounds and intellectual levels, educational levels, racial backgrounds, and so on. No two people are the same. Yet there are categories of people that seem to kind of come together and present a profile or a picture or a, uh, a general theme of behavior with which we have to deal. Now, we like dealing with people who are cordial and kind and pleasant, interactive, speak out, speak their minds, speak their preferences, share their feelings, are interested in you, want you to share your feelings, your ideas, listen. They're very appropriate in their listening. They're very open. They're interactive. Ideas are shared back and forth, and out of that comes good understanding, good knowledge, growth, uh, kind of a better relationship overall. And certainly people come out of it knowing more than they went into a relationship. You know, relationships are all kinds, and we all have our own preferences, but we also have our own nemesis. We also have those people who just bore us to death, people bug us to death, people who annoy us to death, you know, people who just are the basis of our uh, feeling of frustration and irritability. Thankfully, some of these people kind of come and go out of our life. They're only there briefly. But on the other hand, unfortunately, there are sometimes people who are difficult to deal with who are in our life. We're, we are stuck with them. Could be family members. Could be friends. Could be neighbors. Could be people in your church. Could be people in your relationships that in, in a club, in your office that you work in, you know, whatever. You just can't walk away. You just can't get away from them because we're stuck with them. That's tough. That's tough. So... Who are some of the difficult people you have to deal with? What are they like? And uh, how do you deal with them, so to speak? Well, you know, the bottom line answer is a lot of these people you just have to avoid. You aren't going to change them. You aren't going to be the basis on which they uh, will all of a sudden now behave differently because you would like them to. Sometimes you just have to avoid them and just get them out of your life in some way when that's possible. But when that's not possible, these are people you just have to learn to tolerate and cope with. And your coping skills sometimes are pretty pretty uh, thin. Sometimes you have very long. You can cope over long. You're long-suffering and can cope with them for a long period of time. But I suppose in some ways, there are people we will at some point inevitably not be able to cope with anymore. And we'll just blow up. Well, let's see. Let's see what we do. Dealing with difficult people. Who are they? Who are they? Well... Here's one. The know-it-all. Right? The know-it-all. Here's a person who has an opinion about everything. On every issue, they're informed, they have their opinion, and unfortunately, they often see themselves as being right. And you're wrong. And if you challenge them, they get very defensive. That's the know-it-all. Well, they're very insecure people. These are people who uh, have come from a background which they have not been affirmed and not been really uh, strengthened and given much self-esteem. 
and certainly they think that other people don't think very well of them, so they have to present themselves as the know-it-all, so they'll change the views of other people, and other people will think well of them. It's a search for uh, acceptance. It's a search for uh, a feeling of prestige in the eyes of others, honor in the eyes of others, pride in the, other, in the eyes of others. It's a search that other people will think well of them. And so it's a search for power, if you will, and prestige in the eyes of others. You aren't going to change them. You're not going to, they'll take a major confrontation with somebody like this. You're going to confront them. You've got to be able to prepare yourself to go to the mat. The know-it-all person doesn't have a friend. All the friends have left. All the friends have departed. And you better also. What's the second one? The passive person. The person who never offers an idea. Who never lets you know where they stand on an issue. And many of them don't even have an issue. Or never have a, a position on which they have taken on a given issue. These are people who are bland. Who are neutral. Who have little personality to present to anybody else. These are people who usually grew up in a family that were non-talkers. Eat dinner but not talk together. Perhaps not even eat together. These are people who have never had their ideas solicited and shared with others. These are people whose ideas were never valued. They spoke up. They were diminished. They were criticized. They were put down. So, the best way to do it is just remain passive. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Don't attract attention. They live out of fear. Fear that they'll be criticized. Fear that they will be somehow rejected because of what they, they think. They're basically non-talkers. They're non-communicators. They've never learned to communicate. And when they did try, it was a, an aversive experience. What about the dictator? That's the, third, that's the third one. What about the dictator? That's the bully. That's the one who intimidates. That's the one who is demanding on others. That's the one who is abusive, you know, towards others. Dictatorship and abuse go together. If you're dating somebody who's a dictator, there will be a day of abuse. You better be prepared for that. Get out of those kind of relationships. Dictators will never reconsider their lifestyle, their behavior patterns towards you. They are absolutely right. And they're going to force their opinions on you. They're bullies. And they intimidate. And they make people bow to their hostility and to their anger. These are people who have probably been bullied in their life. Probably grew up being bullied by a father or an uncle or a big brother or big sister even, or, you know, somebody over them. And what do bullied people do? People who've been bullied, what do they do? They turn around and bully others. They become the dictator of the playground. They become the dictator of the classroom. Okay? They become the dictator of the neighborhood. Bullied people bully. And that's what you're talking about in the dictatorship. It's just a word, but it's really the bully of the club, the classroom, bully of the playground, okay? What about people who are referred to as the yes people? 
Always agree. Never have an opinion that's diverse. Fear of being uh, thought of as being uh, contrary. Thought of, uh, fear of an argument. You know, fear of debate. You know, fear of somebody disagreeing with them. So, they just go along with the crowd. They agree to any commitment. They rarely deliver, however. They might agree. They might go along with the opinions of others or the plan of somebody else or some other group or a subgroup. They may go along with the plan, but you better believe they will never deliver their part. If they do, they'll deliver it maybe once, twice, maybe for a very brief period of time, and then back out. Yes, people don't deliver. Yes, people are only seeking acceptance. They're seeking belonging. They're seeking to be part of a group. They don't want to do anything that would cause them to be rejected or pushed away. They're people pleasers. That's what they are. These are people who are fearful, people who are anemic, who are weak, who are inadequate in themselves, and but need to be built up, need to be given a sense of personal strength and personal value. That's what you can do to help them. And then there are the people who are what we call the no people. They're the yes people, but they're also the no people. Very quickly, they point out that things won't work. An idea won't work. And what's worse, they're very inflexible people. In other words, it's a no, and it's a no, and it's a no. They're not going to change. They're very inflexible. They've made their judgment. They've made their opinion. They've come to a conclusion that something will not work. A new idea will not work. A new proposal will not work. A new plan will not work. We've done that before. It's never worked in the past. It'll never work now. You know, that's the kind of way they think. The people who are no people are just discouraging people. They are discouraged themselves, perhaps, but they discourage others. There's no way to change them. There's no way to deal with them. Get them out of your life. Get away from them to the degree which you can. Or you may have to confront them. And if you're going to confront them, you've got to take it to the mat. You've got to go all the way and say, that is not the way to think. That's not the attitude. That's not the way to behave. That's not the way to answer my question. That's not the way to deal with me. Always come up with a no answer. I want you to be open-minded. I want you to be fair. I want you to be reasonable and thoughtful. I mean, that's the objective, of course. But these are people who have hard, it's hard for them to change from being a totally no person to be a person that might consider the idea or might look at it as fun of as a maybe possibility. Okay, then, what about the griper? What about the griper? You know, the person that's, there's never anything right. I mean, it's not totally wrong, but it's only partially wrong, partially inadequate, partially inappropriate. They just rather complain. There's something in every issue that they can complain about. Maybe the overall project is good, but they complain about something. I was involved in a project one time, and we were loading a truck of boxes. And it was a great project, and everybody agreed with it. And this person that I'm referring to agreed with the project and agreed with the proposal and agreed with the purpose. But she had a different way to pack the truck. She always griped. 
because we didn't pack it one way that she thought would be a better way to pack it. Well, the truck got packed, and the truck took off, and the mission was accomplished. But here's a griper. Didn't do it quite her way. Didn't do it quite right. You know, these are people who have been dealt with unfairly in the past themselves. And now they've learned that behavior to deal unfairly with others, to gripe. These are people, perhaps in their own life, have been falsely accused. So they're hurt. They're deeply hurt. And out of hurt comes griping. You see, that's a form of hurt. It's a form of hurt behavior. It's an expression of hurt. You can just feel the hurt, you know, within them. Well, these are some of the difficult people we have to deal with in our relationships and in our dealings with uh, storekeepers and office personnel and people we work with and people we serve in the public and people we sit next to at church, and, you know, people that we have to deal with in our neighborhood and live around and live next door to and see on a daily basis or see periodically. But these are people that are difficult to deal with. And you've got to come up with a way to deal with them. Number one, avoid them. Just, you aren't going to change them. If you don't have a license to change them, if they don't ask you for help, you're not going to force change upon them. You can't just think that you've got the answer and you're going to tell them because they're not going to accept that. If they come to you as a therapist and they want to consider their lifestyle and how they live, yes, you have license to help them change that behavior. But if they don't come to you asking for help, you, you can't just assume that whatever ideas you have or whatever great notions you have to help them is going to be undertaken and accepted. No, that's not going to happen. So you got to face reality. You don't have power over these people. You don't have license to change them. So uh, taking on a task is a major uh, problem. And you're going to come out on the short end of the stick most likely. On the other hand, if you're in a position of uh, influence, you're in a, they have your ear, and if you have their ear, and if you have some respect with them, and there's a level of relationship, it might be very appropriate for you to sit down sometime and say, you know, people see you as a griper. You know, people see you just as a person, as an absolute no. You have a no for everything. You might want to reconsider that. You might want to just soften that a little bit. And be less griping. You may share your ideas. You may share your thoughts. But try not to do it in a griping manner. And, and you can discuss that. And you can illustrate what that means. Or how things could be better said or better spoken. You see? If you have a position of respect and acceptance with people, you have the opportunity to bring to their attention their inappropriate behavior and try to soften it and try to deal with them so that they can deal with other people more appropriately and other people can have a better relationship with them and a better um, uh, experience on a day-to-day -day basis with them, you see? So, yes, you may be in a position to help them change, but you've got to have that position of acceptance. We call that a position of moral authority. Have they given you that position of moral authority? If they have, then take it and try it. Work it. But be prepared. It may not work. Be prepared. Your ideas may be rejected. If that's the case, don't worry about it. It's not a personal thing. But then just go your way. And then from there on, you may want to avoid them. But if you think you need to take it on, you need to try, fine, do it. 
but be prepared to be rejected. Be prepared to have your ideas maybe initially uh, considered, but then secondarily rejected. Maybe they'll try it for a little while, but not very long. So if you're in a position of moral authority, good for you. Take it on. And then thirdly, obviously, if you're in a family, if you're in a relationship with a family, extended family or uh, a primary family, you know, there are family meetings. You can gang up as a family against somebody. You can bring the family together and have a come-to-Jesus meeting with somebody. I mean, that's possible because you have the possibility as a family to come together and bring them together and, and all confront the person on their inappropriate behavior like the alcoholics do with the alcoholic. Put them in the middle and form a circle around them and everybody tell them how bad he is and how inappropriate he is and he needs to get into a program of treatment and he gets into the AA program. But as a family, you can sometimes do that. You can sometimes bring the family together and have that family meeting and then follow it up with another one and then follow it up with another one and then follow it up with another one. You're going to take it on. You've got to really commit yourself to follow through on whatever agreements were made or not made and whatever attempts were made and however prog whatever progress you've made. You've got to follow it through. Okay? And I guess lastly, you know, pray for people like this. You know, don't let them go beyond the bounds of prayer. Um, might be just the answer to help them change their behavior. As the phrase goes, prayer changes things and prayer changes people. So, maybe possible, okay? Commit yourself to these areas. But dealing with difficult people is no fun. Dealing with difficult people is a challenge. And dealing with difficult people sometimes is very important to do because your life for many months, many years ahead, may be affected by them. So, if you can do something, try it. Do it. But your last option is get away. Get away from them. Avoid them. Because you can't change them. You're not given the moral authority. And maybe somebody else can. Refer them to somebody else. Suggest they go to somebody else. Suggest they go to a therapy program. Suggest they go to some seminar. Suggest they read a book. Suggest they do something. But you can't do it. You can't do it. Realize your limitations as an individual. Okay? Hey, nice to talk to you today on uh, the Psychology Report. And uh, my books are available to you. Booksbyhedberg.com is the website, booksbyhedberg.com. And uh, the one on healthcare would be a very ex excellent book relative to this topic. And um, dealing with family matters would be another good one. There, and uh, Lessons from My Father. Lessons from My Father would be an excellent book. You have somebody that is difficult to deal with. That's maybe a book you can buy and give to them and say, here. This is a story of other people who have had difficulties in their life, have been raised with great difficulty, but have overcome it and have risen above it. You may want to have them read that book, Lessons from My Father. Get it from my website, booksbyhedberg.com. That was probably to be the best book I could recommend, Lessons from My Father. Okay? Nice to have you with me, and um, talk to you again. Bye for now.